Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. Carry on my son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no Good evening and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein. With me as always is the wonderful Karen Randazzo. Turns out I did shoot the deputy. And the amazing Chris Randazzo. I'm not sure how orange correlates with black in a way that's new. We here on this week's episode, Duck TV. I chose Supernatural Season 11, Episode 4, Baby. But... Before we get into it, here's your weekly reminder that you can email us at mail at geekade.com. Uh, tell us what shows we should be watching. Tell us how to think about the shows we are actually watching. Tell us how we are wrong with our critiques about the shows that we talk about. People, it's all about talking to us because sometimes we get lonely. Yeah, we can't just talk to ourselves all the time. <laughs> Seriously. Or each other. God, no. All right. So picking an episode of Supernatural was it was a big deal. Oh, that's a daunting task. It is, Would you uh, say it was a supernatural feat? <laughs> it was just shy of a supernatural feat. Um, I hadn't seen this episode in quite a while. And I forgot what actually transpired before this episode, it was all the the darkness talk and the little girl that growing up stupidly. Did you fast. pronunciate transpire very specifically I did. like that? <laughs> I think you mean wear pyre. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. you or perhaps are... <laughs> ghoul pyre. <laughs> you guys are picking up on my jokes. I appreciate it. Um, but this episode has really very little to do with the rest of the season, and I really really love this episode it is a good good episode karen you're you're you are a fan as much as i am how do you this is a standalone it's it's you know a one-off yeah chris asked me before we watched it uh what do i need to know and i was like you know the premise (laughs) that's enough so, and that's and that's another reason why I picked it because I didn't know Chris how how many of these episodes you'd seen or if you were a fan this of the was show. My first one, and you really don't need to know much about the show other than two brothers that go around hunting and killing things, but in a good way. Um, yeah, I mean, this was like I said, this was my first episode. Um, it was, uh, I mean, th- there was definitely a lot of talk about like the darkness or whatever. Um, just assuming that that's the big bad of that season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've seen snippets of it here and there, obviously, when Karen's watching it. And I've always wanted to watch the show. It was just, I think it was back when, geez, when did you start this? When you were pregnant with John? Yeah. So, four years ago. Yeah, and you were like, I'm going to start watching this show. And I was like, oh man, I've always wanted to watch that show too. But you need shows to watch on your own, so live the dream. <laughs> And I've, I mean, I've never started it. I've, again, it's something I've not like I never started it because I don't want to. It's just a, it's a lot of show. And yes. I don't have a lot of time. Absolutely is a lot of See, show. I also play video games. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, the longer you wait, the more of there, more of it there's going to be. The more you're not going to stop making it ever. <laughs> it's just going to keep going. <laughs> um, and in this, ep- oh no, it wasn't in this episode. I happened, um, season two. 12 is now on Netflix and I haven't seen any of season 12 and in the first episode of season 12 it actually tells you how old Dean is in the show and Mm -hmm. he is 37 years old in a row in a row Um, but the thing about this show there's always the two main guys Sam and Dean and every once in a while there is a third main character. They sort of 
sort of files through, whether it be Castiel or, you know, for a couple of episodes, you know, the father and um, what's the ooh, um, Crowley, Cra- well, Crowley, but their adoptive father. Um, Idgits. Oh, Bobby. Bobby. Bobby was also. I miss big, Bobby. Yeah. I miss the crap out of Bobby. But Balls. in all 12 seasons worth of episodes, the the most, like, the third chair on this show has always been the car. And that was his, their dad's car. And, he, and, I mean, this car has gone through more shit than any all of the characters put together. And it's shocking how they consistently find replacement parts and keep it looking as nice as they do. But this entire episode was shot at, like, 94% of it was shot from inside the car or from the car's perspective. And I thought that was so goddamn creative. Because it's just a real throwaway episode. Like, the monster of the week is maybe 15, 20 minutes of the episode. The rest of it is, you know, brothers talking to each other about the shit that they've gone through and their wants and their desire. Like, it was... It is a really solid episode to I don't know catch you up on what's going on with them it's a world building episode it is but it's also like a world dissecting because it, it goes you know they, they they have that full I don't want to call it a monologue but they have a conversation in the car about you know you ever think about having a real family or or the things that you may want outside of this this life that we lead and yeah, world building well, not character building, world building, filler episode. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't forward the plot. No, it not the world. <laughs> yes, I, I I understand and I agree with what you're saying, but nothing. They're never going to get to that. I unless like in the end, I think I think they they are on for thirteen seasons. I think that's they, they've renewed and. They may not continue past that, but I, I feel the final episode is the two of them going to be walking off into the sunset, and that's it. Like they're not going to have a family; they're not going to live the glorious life. The you know the white picket fence. It's I, it's just I feel like it would be fan disservice to give that to them. And this 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 episode in particular shows how how close they are, how 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 they need each other. And That's one of the reasons I love this episode so much is it you get so much of the brother dynamic. Like yeah. you just really get what Sam and Dean are about outside of the life, outside of hunting, outside of, you know, girls or monsters or what have you, mm-hmm. or like super big bads, which there have been many awesome ones. Yeah. Um but yeah, but just like you you get who Sam and Dean are and who they are to each other out of this and I really love that. Uh, yes, I. It's it's amazing how much shit these two have gone through, and yet they are still as tight as they are, because a lot of things have happened to them throughout the eleven, twelve seasons that you know, like they they totally disregard each other's wishes, but that it's always for the better and blah. Like they are truly a family, and they're the only family that they have. Outside of their, you know, their minor adoptive people that they just take with them. It's always been Sam and Dean. And this episode, like, truly shows that. Even though it's like, like, it's a, uh, the monster is, I don't even know, it's like a monster that they've never seen before. And I don't think they've seen since. Um, A silly little, you know, town sheriff is the baddie. It's... Like like you said, Chris, it's a it's a complete filler episode, but that I feel like that that phrasing doesn't give it the credit that it deserves because it's like one of the best filler episodes to ever happen on a television show. Well, I think um I think a lot of that just kind of comes from my own personal personal perspective because I tend to like like filler can be some of the best stuff on shows. Um, not to specifically you know always draw back to Dragon Ball, but. A lot of people complain about the the filler stuff in Dragon Ball, uh, and I rather like a lot of the filler episodes. They're some of my favorite things because filler episodes uh, that aren't – any episode of a show that's not really focusing on advancing the main plot 
but gives the gives the characters room to breathe and shows you what their their actual lives are like when they're not doing the specific thing that they're always doing to advance the overall narrative. It's that kind of stuff that really makes you love the world so much more. Like there's this episode of Dragon Ball that everyone, you know, rags on for being just like this complete worthless filler episode where Goku has to learn how to drive. And yeah, he, he comes home and, and Chi Chi's all like, "That's it. You need to learn how to. You need to get a driver's license. So you can drive and buy groceries for crying out loud." <laughs> and so it's this whole just stupid thing, but it's these little. It's just an entire episode filled with life moments of like, okay, well, what do these characters do when they're not saving the world? And it's that stuff, knowing how they react to everyday circumstances and knowing how they feel about things outside of the, the exact narrative of them, you know, main character fighting against a bad guy. It's, um, it's that stuff that makes the fight against the bad guy mean all that much more. So in an episode like this of Supernatural, we're talking about all those conversations, you know, him like hooking up with that waitress and uh, them talking in the car and just, just them experiencing a lot of road trippy stuck in a car with one another life kind of stuff without really forwarding the narrative towards the big, big bad that at least from my perspective, what I would hope would work would be when they actually do face off against it, that's going to mean that much more because you know more about, you relate to the characters more when you're not seeing them always completely entrenched in whatever the plot is. Stephen Moffat. <laughs> it's not just, it's not so much, uh, you know, filler can be good or bad. It's not, it's not just being a filler episode. It's what you do with the filler. Mm -hmm that determines whether or not being a filler episode is a good or a bad thing. And in this case, they did a good job with it. They made it worth your time. They made it not just killing time until we get to the big bad. Right. That's a thing that Supernatural does sometimes that bugs me. And it, they didn't do it in this. But they can, like, they'll find out what the big bad is. And then they don't address it for like oh no, they're 16 famous. episodes. They're famous for not being able to find the big bad. Like they find <laughs> out what the big bad is and then all of a sudden the big bad vanishes. And then for like six episodes in a row, it becomes a monster of the week show. Right. Which, or they don't know how to beat it and they got to figure it out. And there's like every episode they'll just be like, but the thing the big bad it's still out there and they're like yeah but we don't know what to do or where it is so in the meantime we hunt and and that's the thing like even those are technically filler episodes but it just like it sort of like falls back to a different show like it it becomes its monster of the week what it started as what it you know where its roots are and those are good episodes too i mean they're not like this good like this is a a great filler episode but it's hey we're gonna go hunt some werewolves this week woo we're gonna forget about the big bad for for a couple of hours you know and that's sometimes that becomes a little like when when the big bad is so big and you want to see it either that's you want to see that storyline progress or you want to see it's you know the, 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 it defeated or it, it just more information about it Sometimes those other episodes become monotonous, but they're like if you just forget about the big bad for for the hour that you're watching the show, they're usually good sh episodes. Like there's you know the the witty banter, the the action, there's lots of gunplay. Like it's a it's a decent monster of the week show that has some sort of apocalyptic type through line through it every season. Like the amount of times that these two brothers have saved the world is ridiculous. A lot of good laughs in this episode, too. Great laughs. Great rating in this episode. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> I, it's, I mean, there, there are certain things, like, in this episode, the fact that, you know, Castiel w was in it, but he was via voice over a phone, but to keep the phone in the car so the view stays from the car, like, those were creative ways to incorporate the rest of the cast and still keep it in that, I, I don't want to say <clears throat> sandbox, but it, it was. This, the, 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 the show takes place in and around that car. Granted, the car does move. But there's only so many ways that they can, you know, shoot the, you know, the, the line of sight that it, they got really creative, which is... They really did. There was one shot I noticed that was in a montage 
where the camera was on the floor in the middle of the front seat, mm-hmm. like looking up at the two. You never see that angle. That's really cool. And and it, <laughs> and when I first watched this episode, however long ago it was, it started as one like one of my biggest pet peeves in all of television is forty eight hours earlier. I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. Oh. But that's how this episode started. And by the time I got to the end, I had forgotten. It's like, oh, that's ah, all right. I see. It just it was just getting us to this point. I totally forgot that that's how it started because the storyline itself was so good. It was enthralling that it it didn't bother me as much as it normally does. I remember the first time I saw this episode. As soon as I saw the name of it, I knew what it meant, and mm-hmm. I went. Oh no! Oh no! You don't show! <laughs> don't you dare! And then it started with that, you know, the the, destroyed the end vehicle. of the episode first, and yeah, everything <laughs> banged up and broken. I was like, no, don't kill, baby! Yeah, the the Impala is a huge character in this show. So, and I'll tell you what, I know Jack and or shit. <laughs> about cars when i hear that impala engine rumble i get feels you get the tingles there's a the scene in which like he's pulling into the steakhouse and he has to valet his car and then all of a sudden (laughs) for like 15 minutes they do a, a ferris bueller's style scene with two girls driving in the car i was like this is completely unnecessary but fun, all in the same. <laughs> this- I also liked how all the little, like, s- side quests, for lack of a better term, <laughs> like, they all ended up contributing to them being able to defeat the monster at the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. And it all relied on that's, pennies. Th- that's the kind of thing that, you know, they... You might not see it in every episode, but, you know... At the end, they figure out how to kill a monster, and then they have to, like, come up with all the things they need. And that was neat to see, like, oh, you know, the pennies were in this girl's purse, or, you know, Mm -hmm. it's the hairpin from the waitress that Sam banged. (laughs) That was funny, you know, because Dean being usually the ladies' man, to have that (laughs) flipped on its ear, so to speak. And and when it was done, and they're driving away, and of course, they're playing the, the night move, so he's like... Man, I needed that. <laughs> it's like, you go, kid. <laughs> and Dean being like, she smelled good. <laughs> like, because of course he's it's, Dean. All those, there's so many little side comments in this episode. Like, it starts off uh, out, outside of like the real start off. Like, as soon as they flash back the 45 or 48 hours, there it's a view from inside the car looking out, and they're both wash. Well, Dean is washing the car. Sam comes into view, and the first thing he says to him is, what's with the shorts? <laughs> and I, I so That's wanted my only to... complaint. <laughs> exactly. That's my only complaint, is I really wanted to see Dean's car washing shorts. <laughs> the show is a lot of fun. This episode is great. And, and no matter how ridiculous, like, okay, so Satan, they fought the devil, both of them have been to hell. They've saved the, the world and universe multiple times. They've dealt with God, God's sister, um, which is outside of all of the regular monsters, that everything that you could possibly think of. Like, this is like a, a, a sci-fi monster person's, like, dream. Because it not only does it just bring up certain monsters that you don't see, like the djinn. Nobody fucking talks about Jin, which is, you know, a genie. But they give it, like, this rich backstory, and they, they've got books and shit about it. And I'm like, like they took the time and the energy to, to, to give it a richness or, or a fullness, not just, hey, there's a bad guy on screen, and they have to kill it. Like, yeah. they take the time to do the show right. And The Jin episode was really good, too. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Now I'm going to go watch that. <laughs> what Chris mentioned before is that I came to this show actually pretty late. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what happened with me. <laughs> Even once I started watching the show, I was like, oh my God, why the hell didn't I start watching this like nine years ago? <laughs> um, 
And I- part of what made me shocked that I hadn't tried it out already was like, okay, this supernatural elements. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's right there in the title. Uh, there's cute guys. Mm-hmm. But there is so much X-Files DNA in the production of this show. Yes. And it really comes out when you talk about things like Monster of the Week, and then they have the overarching plot, too, and they kind of switch back and forth. And that's like, X-Files invented that, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to say that, because I'm sure there are older shows that X-Files drew from for that kind of structure. But X-Files did a really good job. It was the first show I remember watching that really did things right in that arena and this show is carrying that kind of torch mm-hmm. I, yeah, I I agree with that and and you know to wrap this all up the the one thing that I note in every episode are the musical cues they don't like they have some and it's classic rock music constantly but everything seems important and well-placed and like the songs mean something and that doesn't normally happen on a television show so i give it i give it like extra credit for taking the time to to incorporate a really good soundtrack yeah like a lot of the um cw shows especially will use like music we're trying to cross promote mm-hmm. or you know this is song is popular, so it'll get us more of an audience or whatever. But Supernatural is not doing that. Yeah, when <laughs> we're we going to use the songs that fit the show best and the characters. Yeah. So, all right, I, that's all I got. I'm glad we got to watch it. Uh, now I'm going to have to binge watch season twelve. Jesus Christmas, I forgot. You're going to like it. I know. Um, one of the things that it, I think they did well. Because what I mentioned is that, like, sometimes the one big bad of the season bothers me. Mm -hmm. There were kind of two. Okay. And they were sort of going back and forth between the two. And so there was less obnoxious filler. Yeah, I totally had forgotten how season 11 ended. And then, you know, starting up, like, season 12 starts up immediately where season Mm -hmm. 11 left off. And I was like, oh, that's right, that happened. Let's see how this goes. So... Good times. Pretty cool stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. um, Let's take a quick break. We've got a a bunch of news to cover, so uh, stay tuned. Welcome to the D-List is back. After a brief hiatus, Jonathan Fuger is finally ready to induct another classically overlooked character to the D-List. And this one's got four legs. He's been in movies. He's got his very own spacesuit. And he'll gladly accept begging strips if you're kind enough to be giving them away. Read all about it in Welcome to the D-List, Cosmo the Space Dog. Your monthly musical amassment has arrived, and Janelle Hawks has some killer tunes for you to keep your ears out for. This month has everything from Fleet Foxes to Lady Antebellum to Imagine Dragons to TLC. Sure, she didn't mention the new Dispatch album, America Location 12, available now wherever fine music is sold, but I won't hold that against her, and you shouldn't either. In fact, you should go ahead and read Turn It Up, new music releases for June 2017. Some say the Olympics are the greatest sports show on earth. Some say it's March Madness. Chip Garrison says it's the NHL playoffs. And after reading this article, you might just agree with him. He's got 26 alphabetical reasons why this year is a perfect example of why hockey is the coolest game on earth. So head on over to the Think Tank and check out the ABCs of the Stanley Cup Finals 2017 style. Haven't checked in with your good friends Brandon and Travis in a while? No time like the present to remedy that. In the latest episode of Apathetic Enthusiasm, they tackle subjects like the Twin Peaks revival, net neutrality, the new Pirates movie, and of course, a little Twilight Zone. Head over to geekade.com and click the Apathetic Enthusiasm link for their latest goodness. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com. Mr. Chris. Hey. I think it's about that time again. I think you're right. I think it's time for the Dragon Ball Super 60 Second Summary. Yes, it is. Ready to go? 
And go. Okay, so uh, we're still waiting for the tournament to actually happen. This time, uh, we actually, I, I keep forgetting to talk about this. There's a whole other set of Saiyans on another planet, uh, another universe that's going to be in the tournament. And the, the little guy, Kaba, who like was in the other tournament that he fought against Vegeta, he learned how to be a Super Saiyan, and he's trying to train these other people how to be Super Saiyans. And this girl, uh, she's named after a, a vegetable or something, she goes Super Saiyan like it's nothing. And then she tries to convince her friend, her super timid friend, and she's like, ah, I don't want to go Super Saiyan. Then she gets really mad, she goes Super Saiyan, and she hulks out like super huge. Like She's basically the female Broly, and that's crazy, crazy pants McGillicuddy. Uh, and the other universes are spying on uh, Goku's universe, because they're like, oh, this guy's going to be up to something. Something's going to go down at this tournament. And I think at the end of the episode, there were really only, um, I think they said there's like an hour left. Uh, Goku went to go meet with Frieza. Frieza decided, you know, he agreed to join the team. I'm still not convinced he's going to actually compete in the tournament. I guess we're going to see next week on Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> Thank you, sir. You're welcome. And we're back. Thank you so much for paying attention to our commercials. Um, before we get uh, into our news, Chris. Hey. We, uh, we, you said you wanted to chat about something real quick. Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact. Um, I'm going to be going to uh, too many games at the Greater Oaks, Pennsylvania, uh, Greater Philadelphia Expo Center in Oaks, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great video game convention. I'm going to be there. I'm pretty sure you're going to be there too, right, Evan? I'm probably going to be there. Yes. <laughs> Um, I'll be working at the Stone Age Gamer booth all weekend long, uh, but the Stone Age Gamer podcast has a panel on Friday night at 8.30 p.m. in conference room three, I believe. Um, it's all you know, it's all up on our mm-hmm. our website. There's a big uh, – Dean made a big old uh, stink about it. Coming to too many games, we're having a panel. It's, it's dangerous to go alone. Take 20 bucks. Friday, June 23rd at 8.30 p.m. in panel room three. Uh, where myself, Dan, and uh, a special guest, Dean, will be running around uh, trying to find the craziest things we can for 20 bucks, And uh, there's going to be a Puyo Puyo Tetris tournament against me Ooh. on Saturday, June 24th from 3 p.m. 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. I still don't know the rules or where it's going to be, but it's going to happen. So uh, <laughs> It's a thing. It's going to happen. It's a thing. So um, if you want to meet me and probably Evan as well, uh, come to Too Many Games. If you're anywhere near the Philly, Pennsylvania area, New, you know, southern New Jersey, even northern New Jersey, even California, who cares where you're from? Come <laughs> to Too Many Games. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great convention, especially if you're into video games. And uh, the panel's going to be fun. The tournament's going to be fun. And... Uh, you can meet me if we, you really want to do that sort of thing. We we end up having a lot of fun. I mean, you guys do for too many games. You do the twenty dollar coolest, weirdest mm-hmm. thing to find, and then at the the other shows, you know, the comic shows, we do the paper hunt for ten. Like that's a lot of fun because it ta- it lets us take a show and look at it slightly differently. Like not looking mm-hmm. for the things we want, but looking for the things that go. Why the fuck would I buy that? And that's that's exactly. what we that's that you know bags of heads. You bought a trash can filled of filled with um, e-readers, e-readers, uh, like, an obscure accessory yeah. for the Game Boy. Yes, and that is a not literal uh, garbage was, can full of them. Yes. Dumped them out on the floor in front of the audience. Yes, and let the audience take them home. It's, and we're givers like that. We're, we're true, true givers. So, all right, yeah, cool. Uh, when is it again? It is. Uh, Too Many Games is running from June 23rd through 25th. Okay. Uh, it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm going to be there all three days at the Stone Age Gamer booth. Uh, but the panel itself is going to be June 23rd at 8.30 p.m. in panel room three. Cool. Come check it out. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Let's get into some news. Um, this, most of this news article tickled me up until the point in time I got to the very end of it. Um, SCTV... And Kids in the Hall members are teaming up for star-studded Toronto show. Okay, SCTV, classic Canadian comedy. Um, Kids in the Hall. They're Canadian. That came from Canada as well, right? Yes. Co-hosts, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, they are joining forces to raise money for uh, Jake Thomas. Um, Dave Thomas's nephew, who was paralyzed in, uh, it just says, waste, he's, 
paralyzed from the waist down following a serious spinal cord injury. Now, that's that's of great cause. But people in the show, Dave Thomas, Rick Moranis, Dan Aykroyd, Catherine O'Hare, Eugene Levy, Martin Short, Joe Flaherty, Paul Schaefer, Dave Foley, Scott Thompson, and Kevin McDonald. There's also a couple of other names in this article. These are some, I mean, like some of the greats in comedy. Like Moranis hasn't been on TV or movies in 20 years Something like that? Yeah. He, it's like, it's a big deal. He went dark. Well, he, he his wife passed and he, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm stopping the celebrity thing and I'm going to take care of my kids, which is good on him. Um, but the only problem is tickets for this one-time event run anywhere from $500 to $200, to $2,500. Now, well, for twenty five hundred bucks, they are trying to raise money. Right, twenty five hundred bucks, uh, you get access to an after party with the stars. I, if if only I had that much disposable income. Seriously, if I had money to spend, if I just had you know, fu money, oh. I would actually go to this because man, these two shows did I ever get raised on oh, them? Absolutely. Just to, I mean, just my, the thought of Bob and Doug McKenzie doing a, a, a thing again just makes me all sorts of of giddy. Absolutely, my parents have raised me on SCTV. My my mom and dad, when I was a kid or before I was born, can't remember. I know there were pictures. <laughs> they went to a Halloween costume party as SCTV characters, as Edith Brickley, and um, I can't remember the guy's name, but it was Joe Flaherty's character who's in the wheelchair. <laughs> Guy Caballero. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, big, big influences in my life. And Kids in the Hall, too. I mean, I don't think I got into them until, like, middle school, high school. But it was right in that, like, sweet spot where, you know, things influence your sense of humor. For the rest the of your life. <laughs> there for me. Yes. Yes. Good stuff. Um, this next article, I don't... I'm not 100% sure how I feel about it, but uh, not too long ago we reported on the fact that Tales from the Crypt was supposed to be coming back to TNT. Um, it was going to be held by M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong, and it was just a, a reboot. But then we reported later after that that there was a lot of legal stuff going on, like, you know, rights, and you know, it just was a kerfuffle. Uh, TNT gave up on it. <laughs> They're like, fuck it, this is taking too long, we're out. <laughs> Apparently Ridley Scott showed up and said, hey, I got something to do. And they're like, let's go with Ridley. I I, I was kind of wanting to see the Crypt Keeper on TV again. I don't know how well it would have done on TNT, because, you know, it was an HBO show. And that gave it a lot of freedom. Definitely not the same amount of freedom. I like, it wouldn't, on TNT, would not be anywhere near what it was but i was you know this is a part of my youth and you know the comics the show like this is this was my first introduction to like horror and i was sort of looking forward to it it's, it's a shame that it's wrapped up in all this legal bullshit <laughs> I like the end of the article that says, for the love of God, can we please get the HBO series on Blu-ray? Right. It's like, fair point. Shows that have not been released on Blu-ray or streaming at this point, what the hell? It doesn't make it doesn't make a lick of sense unless it's the same um, legal sh stuff that they're going through. Yeah, I mean, like that's probably Episodes it, may be owned by certain people and blah, blah, blah. It's... It's... It's Get over it. Yeah. Give the people what they want. Make you'll make money, money off of yeah, it. You'll make money. Um, all right. So, uh, another show that ha is going the way of the dodo. Have you guys seen Sense8? Have not, nope. but heard very good things about okay, it. Okay, so I'm going to be in the minority. I heard very mixed, th mixed things about not, it. I did not like this show at all. Not even a little bit. And well, then, bully for you. This yeah. story should make you happy. I thought, no, because there are people that really liked it. And I'm not all about me. You know, people, there were a lot of fans for the show. I just, ne I just never got it. But Clearly not enough. Yeah. 
Uh, apparently, after two seasons, they're calling it quits, and it, it is Netflix original. So, I guess that's it's got to say something. I, it, that, that Netflix it, is not untouchable. Yeah, that's that's you know, that's my point. Um, and they're not wrapping it up. For my that's own. frustrating. Yeah, so. I would not think that Netflix would do that. It must have been like a thing. Like, because there are dangling threads, if you will. Um, I don't know what. <laughs> dangly parts. Yeah. I don't. I don't. <laughs> with Netflix, Netflix makes money no matter what. I guess it's not making money off of the show, it's making money off of me paying for Netflix. And it's weird. That they wouldn't just finish it up. Well, I guess that's part of how Netflix makes money is by not continuing to make a show that isn't, you know, gaining them audience. Yeah, if it's not if it's not perform like um, I, I get a lot of the emails from Joel and the people at the MST3K revival and whatnot, and they're still it 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 really depends on how many people watch what's on netflix i don't really there's there's a lot of mystery behind their actual metrics but if enough people aren't watching something you know it's they won't keep making it yeah and sense eight i mean it it obviously has its following but it's not a huge hit because you know i've i've also heard a lot of really negative things about it I've, i've heard some some mixed reviews some it's okay some you know this is absolute garbage and confusing and Boy, do we live in a day and age where confusing television seems to be a thing. Uh, but <laughs> that's, that's true. a podcast for another <laughs> podcast. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 not entirely surprised. I'm kind of sad to see that something like this isn't getting an ending. But you know, that's just it. Just goes to show you that Netflix isn't all that different from regular TV. It, it's it still goes based off of a form of ratings, not Nielsen ratings, obviously. Just you know, how many people are actually watching this thing. Yeah, I, I, it's, they know how many times it has hit people's screens. So, it's not enough. It's not enough. Make room for other things. Um, okay, I don't know how to segue into this, but this bothers me (laughs) on multiple levels. Um, MTV is bringing back MTV Beach House and Cribs. Cribs is going to be on Snapchat. Of course it is. What the f- I, Okay. And MTV Beach House is going to be on its regular channel. I don't know which one, though, because isn't there like 42 different MTV channels now? Um, I'm trying real hard to find a crap to give about this, but yeah. I just can't. Search as I might. It just there's not a single crap for you. Sure, you want to put Cribs back on? Go nuts. Bring back Maid for all I care. <laughs> I you know what bother <laughs> what makes me feel old is looking at the people that are going to be on cribs don't know a single name of them not not one looking yeah. at the people who will be inviting me into their home on MTV Beach out no idea not I, I mean they did that with uh, I felt that way when they brought back Headbangers Ball like ten years or <laughs> ten years ago or something like ah oh, cool Headbangers Ball I don't know any of this crap <laughs> that's it I'm watching Samurai Jack <laughs> so the MTV Beach House 2017 reboot. Um, is described as catering to a new generation of fans, but I it's going, you were going to say failures. <laughs> but it's set <clears throat> at a '90s themed beach house at on the Jersey Shore. So, oh, of course, MTV the, is fucking the up the Jersey Shore. Shore of course, again. it is. Yeah, it's actually um, on <sighs> LBI, and the people who are on LBI are pissed. <laughs> <laughs> because oh. fuck, fuck the uh, MTV Beach House, man. I would, I that I didn't go to the MTV Beach House, but when they did it in Seaside Heights, like a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. when I was a teenager, uh, I went to the town and like saw the house, and I thought it was so cool. And I actually ran into Lisa Loeb on the boardwalk <laughs> and got my picture taken with her, like highlight of my life. <laughs> um, but like. Oh, it's really awful. It's a really awful thing to have the MTV Beach House in your town. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Long Beach what, Island. What was what were those idiots? Um, the, all, you know, all the, the Jersey Shore, the, all the Italians from Staten Island that pretended to be from Jersey. Uh-huh. I remember being... Shubes. <laughs> I remember being on the boardwalk 
and apparently they were filming and they were going from point A to point B and this huge crowd of people were surrounding them and it bothered me so much that these people were like just go away like there's so many more important things in this world other than them and MTV just won't let that theory down like it won't let it go (sighs) anywho that's going to be well, like on TV. We're, we're just like old. Like we're saying about Sense8, you know, <laughs> if people watch it, they'll keep making it. All right, let's, let's talk about something that, that makes me happy. That brings us joy. That brings us... Uh, and I don't know why, because it's really not any good. Um, Sharknado 5 offers timely <laughs> commentary on Trump's Paris Climate Agreement pullout. Kind of. <laughs> I love this. Okay, so, all right, Sharknado 5, Global Warming. The tagline for the show, (laughs) Make America Bait Again. (laughs) I mean, like, that's the best pun you're going to get all day. I'm telling you people, all week. Um... The, the polar ice caps are melting. There was a shit ton of crap that happened in four. That, uh, apparently they put they put out a poll because at the end of four is when Tara Reid gets crushed by a a, a space Didn't debris. She get crushed by like a, was I thought What's it was the Eiffel Tower, but no, be. that was the other girl. Oh, okay. She was crawling out. No, okay, Tara Reed, uh <laughs> Smashed by a fragment of of a space shuttle. <laughs> God, I love Sharknado. God, I love you so much. Um, apparently, they put it out to the audience whether she lived or died, and apparently, uh, they voted for her to live. So, yay! That's how they pulled this off. Like, God damn it! <laughs> oh, I forgot that his name was Finn. This is great. Isn't that so great? <laughs> it's so great. It's so fantastic. And look, I mean, I gave up around Sharknado 2 or 3, but if you are just looking for some something stupid, allow me to once again advocate for watching the original Sharknado. It is a work of art in (laughs) terms of stupidity. (laughs) Yes, it is a glorious piece of stupid, stupid art. (sighs) All right, Chris, you posted up this next one, and I am saddened, but... He did live a good long life. Peter Salas, is that how? Do you know how that's pronounced? I think that's, that's that looks correct. right. Okay. Um, he's the voice actor for Wallace and Gromit. Um, but he also appeared in Last of the Summer Wine. I, 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 by my reading, it's a, a BBC show that he was the only person to appear in every episode, <laughs> which is pretty impressive. Uh, he died at 96. Uh, quietly in his sleep surrounded by his family but um this article i i couldn't i wouldn't know like the guy's name before reading this but apparently he was a pretty awesome dude lots of very lovely things said about him as uh as kevin smith would say it's a big bucket of wind for this guy uh sad to see you go curious as to uh what the next voice of Wallace will be, or Gromit? I don't know which. I'm, I'm thinking Wallace was the guy, and Gromit it's was the Wallace. Dog. I'm pretty sure Gromit's the dog. I'm pretty sure as well. So, rest in peace, sir. Um, <laughs> you also posted this one, Chris. <laughs> Not a hundred percent sure why, other than. I- you're you? <laughs> I couldn't not. I was looking for stories. I was looking for news stories that are TV related. And all of a sudden I see the headline. <clears throat> Aku, uh, my way. Aku cover. I'm like, excuse me? And the, the, the headline says, Greg Baldwin, the man who played Aku and Iroh after Mako died, sings Frank Sinatra's My Way in Aku's voice in, celebrating, in celebration of gaining 10,000 followers on Twitter. Now, he didn't just sing it in Aku's voice. He rejiggered the words to be from Aku's perspective. I, I don't even know. 
And and that link will be in our show notes, and it is worth a listen to, especially if you're a fan. <laughs> it, even if you're not a fan, just this is weird beyond weird, and I love that it exists. Greg Baldwin is, is apparently awesome. I only know him as the guy who took over after uh, Mako died for Uncle Iroh and Avatar and Aku and the new Samurai Jack. It's weird to and, see uh, that, that his face yeah. doing the voice. It's weird to see his face, yeah, at all. Like I didn't know what the guy looked like. I never really looked him up. And he has there a lovely go. singing voice, because he actually, at two <laughs> points, sings for realsies. He has yeah. a lovely voice. <laughs> He's great. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Bill Maher got into a little bit of trouble. Um, he said the N-word on his show, and he apologized. He was, yep. It was in mid-conversation. Um, he was referring to himself. Uh, whatever. He is, apparently, I don't. I didn't hear it. I just heard like the the, the rumblings on the internet and and social media. Um, but apparently, he apologized sincerely. So, who knows what's going to happen now with the the rash of. People taking a look. HBO, oh, this has been updated. HBO is not firing him. Okay, there you go. I mean, it says as of... Is there an update later on? Because it says as of Saturday afternoon, real time is expected to air next week at its usual oh, time. Yeah, so, I, I, I was a news story I saw, like, I don't know, about an hour or two ago. Unrelated. It wasn't on Variety. Okay. It was something I was saying. HBO is officially not canning him, which, I mean, I'd be surprised if they did. Like, look, it's it's a... I, I believe these things air live mm-hmm. right when they they first uh, when they first broadcast mm-hmm. it's live or damn close to and uh you know anybody who's watched this guy for eons knows he's not some kind of racist he's kind of a nutbag yes like i'll give you that he's, he's really into the stuff that he believes in but he's he's no kind of racist i believe he was, it was i believe the context is he was using it to make a point and it was in really poor taste. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a screw-up. It was a live TV screw-up. And mm-hmm. yeah, he deserved to apologize for it. It was a good thing that he did. But, I mean, this is freaking Bill Maher we're talking about. He, he, he had a show called Politically Incorrect for Crying Out Loud. Right. It's not that outside of character, you know? Mm-hmm. What, what the most common comparison to this situation was the one with um, over on Fox... What's the, what, the, what are the names? The guys that just got fired? Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly and the possible firing of... Hannity. There you go. Thank you. I should keep you around more yeah, often. Yeah, that's what I'm good That's what I'm good for. Um, But there's one huge difference between this situation and those situations. Bill Maher apologized. He owned that's up true. to it and he apologized. So, apparently, sincerely. So, that's that. <sighs> All right, um, Chris, you also you posted up this next one as well, and I did. I don't know. I never. I've never seen Cowboy Bebop. <gasps> I know. Apparently, Gasp. apparently, I'm in the wrong. But it's getting an American. Okay. I think that's too much to be putting in in one shot. But it's getting an American live action TV series. I would say do it either American first. And then live action, or live action, and then Americanize it. Um, are you guys familiar with the the show? Very Extremely, much so. it's one of my favorite shows ever. God damn it! Now I have to gonna have to watch it. Uh, how do you? It's it's gonna be one of my picks pretty soon. It's been on my list for a while. Okay. Um, it's uh, it, it is it's in my humble opinion, and I believe a lot of people as well. I mean, I'm not a super super anime guy. Uh, there's there's like there's there's definitely tears to folks who like anime mm-hmm. and I'm of the I guess you would consider it casual ilk but uh Cowboy Bebop is it's uh it's anime firefly oh, really yeah. um, Fuck. I knew you were going to say that because when I when I started reading the description that they have in this article I was like I feel like this is firefly e It is firefly e <laughs> um it's not uh as fighting the the evil government mm-hmm. as firefly is uh it's it's got a very different feel like spike is definitely not malcolm reynolds mm-hmm. um 
but uh, it's got some it's got some wacky characters. Uh, it is definitely an anime, but it's uh, it's one of the less overtly bizarre animes I've ever watched. Like it doesn't have as much of those uh, extraordinarily um, enthusiastic reactions to things mm-hmm. and like people's faces getting gigantic and tons of speed lines. It's, it's not as typically anime. Uh, and I'm not, I don't mean to disparage any of that stuff. I've, I mean, I made you guys watch fully cooly that one time. <laughs> yeah, so you did. I was like, just about to I, bring I, that I, up. <laughs> I definitely like that kind of stuff. Uh, but I, I feel like cowboy bebop has a much broader appeal. Um, I've showed it to a couple of my friends who aren't anime fans and, over the years and they thought it was fantastic too it's it's also a show that is has music very very deeply ingrained in its dna mm-hmm. um this is going to be something that is extraordinarily hard to get right because okay. the fan base for this show is they're going to have some pretty high standards and i just don't know i don't i don't know how this is going to work like it's this is going to be tough to pull off if they can pull it off uh i feel like I feel like it's very doable um, because this is one of those shows that the uh, Japanese animes get localized. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll they'll get American voiceovers, um, you know, dubbed over them. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, those are awful. But Cowboy Bebop was one of the earliest examples that I can think of where I, I legit prefer to watch this show in English as opposed to Japanese. And most of the time, I'll watch with subtitles. But the voice cast on Cowboy Bebop, they they got it right. It got it really, really right. It's very, very good. Um, it's a it's a show that you know gives you just enough about the characters. Like it never really goes full on into their backstories. It's more about their lives now, mm-hmm. and it gives you just enough to make you want to know more, uh, but never really answers all your questions. Um, the intro action, is great. The, the oh, the intro is phenomenal. Like I, I am so oblivious to the show that I thought the guy's name was Bebop. Not that it was the ship. So yeah, no, the the okay. ship is the bebop. Okay. They call bounty hunters cowboys. Um, they it go. is it's it's a different flavor of sci-fi western. Um, in the same in the similar fashion that Firefly is a sci-fi western. Mm-hmm. This is just kind of a a different flavor of that. In the the comments within this article, <laughs> <laughs> there's a it's someone. The, the the worry is making it live action that they, they choose the right actor or actress to portray the part, but someone posted a picture of the anime, the the animated version of the character, and then their pics. And I don't know the characters, so I can't relay, like, oh, yeah, Ryan Reynolds should play that, or Keanu Reeves should play that. What I do like is apparently the corgi is an important part of the story, and there yes. are four pictures of corgis below. <laughs> I'm just looking at that. Wow. I, I like, just... Those are some pie in the sky picks. Those people are never going to do this show. Well, no, this this is their theory just... if it was a movie being made, not a television uh, show. Yeah. So. I mean, I know. Ryan Reynolds? No way. I mean, no offense to Ryan Reynolds, but you no. Bite your I wouldn't tongue. pick I wouldn't pick any of those guys for Spike. Um, Jet yeah, Jeff Bridges would be awesome as Jet, but he might be a little too old. And this is another thing about this show is adapting the their outfits. Like Spike, his his literal outfit works perfect in real life. We have a friend named Mike Simons who dressed up as Spike, and it just looks like a normal outfit. So that's fine. It's a business suit, Jet, right? It looks like a yeah, suit. It's kinda, it's, yeah, okay. it's, it's like a suit. Okay. Jet might be a little difficult, but it's basically like a garage jumpsuit. Faye is the the girl character. I hope they don't go too literal with because she's you know dressed very anime skimpy. Okay. Um. They, there's there's a way to adapt that that costume to real life, and I hope they don't try to go too literal. Mm-hmm. I think the real challenge in this is going to be the character of Ed, who is this little girl who's like a tech genius, but she's completely bananas. <laughs> Like, walks on her hands. Okay. You think that she is... You think that she's out of her mind. And she kind of is. Uh, Which is why I kind of like Aubrey Plaza as the suggestion. (laughs) Even though I think that's too old for for Ed. Yeah, Aubrey Plaza is too old for Ed. Because Ed's supposed to be like 13 years old or something. And she's also got to be pretty enthusiastic. (laughs) I like the uh, way you put that. Pretty enthusiastic. (laughs) Ed's very enthusiastic. I can't wait to watch this show again. 
I um, I'm curious, Chris, um, you being so devoted to the original, I've seen a lot of people, and I know who love the original, think that this is a really bad idea, and they're terrified that they're gonna, like, you know, make a shit show of it. Are you, does that, does that scare you at all? It does, uh, a little bit, because I, I would never think to adapt this to live action, um, because it works so well as animation, uh, whereas my other favorite anime, Trigun, I think would work great as a live-action adaptation. Uh, this one is... I, I, there's, there's no point where I look at this and I think, boy, that would just look so amazing in real life. Uh, it just doesn't really connect with me in that way. So I don't know enough. I didn't really read the article. I, it's have not, they announced not- who's involved in this or anything, or just that it's happening? Um Marty Edelston. No, ca- no casting or production has been announced. It's really all going to hinge on that. It's it's got to come from a place of absolute reverence for the source material, which I mean, I can't imagine it's not because this doesn't seem like a property that somebody would tap because like, oh, you know, what was going to make us a quick buck is making a Cowboy yeah. Bebop show. Like this has to come from uh, the right place and I, I'm I'm hoping that it does. Like it's not undoable. It, this you know this isn't like this isn't like filming a live action fully coolly. It's <laughs> not like this would work. Like, it, they, theoretically, this universe could work in live action, but it's this show had a very very specific style, and if they're gonna do this, they've got to take they've got to take liberties. They can't just make the anime in live action. They've got to take liberties and make it work with live action and from a, a pseudo American sensibility. And that's dangerous. Like this could go really wrong, but it could go really right. I mean, I, I, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. We'll check it out. I'm no, sure we'll, we'll if, if it does happen, we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, all right. I, I put up the next couple of articles. I, this, this next one seriously interested me, interested me. And I'm not sure why. I think it's just because that there's the possibility that uh, iTunes or Apple is getting into the original content show. Like it, it's it's dipping its toes into original television content, and I'm curious as to see what that'll do for the rest of the market. Um, for most of this reading of this article, I thought the show was co- uh, was called Planet of the Apes. And I was like, oh, Apple is making a monkey show. And I was wrong. It's Planet of the Apps, where it, it seems like a Shark Tank-style show for apps. Um, I'm not really interested in the actual show itself. I'm just interested in the theory that iTunes and Apple may be, may be going the Amazon and Netflix route, generating not just reissuing content but generating it as well i mean they got the money i feel that they should um but the show planet of the apps it's like i said a shark tank type show but it's it's weird because they're they're judges i i don't know why it's they're 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 the judges i feel like i should like one of them well they're supposedly all entrepreneurs well gwyneth paltrow uh, yeah. Will I am, mm-hmm. Jessica Alba, and Gary, who Vaynerchuk. Vaynerchuk. I I don't know who that is. Oh yes, I do. I see his face now. All right. Yeah, he. That's the, the only he one. I started would... out doing that like wine vlog. Yeah, he was the only one. He's the only one in that list that I would classify as an entrepreneur. I mean, I'm sure the other ones have done a lot of stuff with on there that I just don't pay attention to but two of them are actors and one of them's a musician that's how i see them it's just weird that right. they're being classified as entrepreneurs and how they do it well enough to judge others i don't know maybe it's just me but i like will i am he's entertaining well will i am was as one of the producers he was like co-creator of the show i think that's why he's on it mm-hmm. um gwyneth and jessica alba both have their own you know kind of lifestyle companies yeah um, um which obviously isn't what they're primarily known for, but I, it was, it was I guess interesting that um, Gwyneth does her her <laughs> goop 
stuff. But Jessica Alba does uh, Honest Co., which sells mm-hmm. non-toxic baby products and other yep. al- household goods. I thought that was interesting because I had no, I knew about Goop. I knew nothing about Alba's uh, side project, if you will. Well, she's she's trying to counteract the toxicity of the Fantastic Four movies that she was in. <laughs> oh, boo, Chris! <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> they weren't all bad. Um. Yes. Yeah. They did have Chris Evans in them. <laughs> yes, they did, and that's what I'm talking about. Um. So that that'll be interesting to see how that goes. I don't know if concentrating on just this one show for their whole thing, but um, later in the summer they're also going to do um, carpool karaoke. And the the da, 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 there was another one. What was the other one? Ba ba ba. Don't know. It's gone. Um, but carpool karaoke well, can't do any worse than Yahoo Screen. Yeah, this is very true. <laughs> very very. I true. mean, yeah. <laughs> the other um, this was announced at the Apple WWDC that just happened, and uh, the other interesting bit of news that I heard coming out of that is that Amazon Prime, the app, will finally be on Apple TV oh, sometime finally. later this year. Thank the freaking Lord. Now that I won't be wasting that money on free shipping anymore, because I don't buy enough stuff from Amazon to counter the cost of it. Well... Go ahead. <laughs> I'm just confused, like, but if it's on Apple TV, you're still gonna have to pay for the app to be able to access it, right? I pay for I pay for Amazon Prime, right? But oh, so you're I've saying that used, you uh, don't watch it enough to because it's on my it's I on my PS4, you. and I don't turn on right. my PS4 for nothing. <laughs> I know every I've, time I do, it's been, gotta update, and it's ridiculous. <laughs> pretty much for my purposes, like the only point of our Wii U is for me to watch <laughs> Amazon Prime. See, that's I want to. I want it all in one box. Um, another thing that I noted, you know how Apple has their TV app now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Netflix is. I thought we had read one of the articles that Netflix was incorporated in that because it's not. I don't remember. It's not. Like I have to click down too to just look at Netflix. What? It's weird. Just, just suck it up. Just, just give us the stuff that we want. God damn it. All right, and the final news article um, that I, I posted. <laughs> have you guys ever watched The Misfits? No, but I have heard great things about it. Okay. Um, I I watched this show. I loved it. I thought it was great. About a bunch of kids that are on, um, like, not parole. Jeezy, crazy. You know, they're, like, as opposed to being arrested, they're on... They're doing community Community service. service. That's the words I'm looking for. And whilst doing... It's a, a British show. And whilst doing community service, they get struck by a lightning storm and they all acquire powers. Now, it was a great show. A lot of famous people came out of this show. Specifically, um, that kid from... Uh, the, 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 the sociopath from Game of Thrones. Um... Yeah, I don't know how to say his name, but it's Iwan Rion. They, the guy who plays Ramsey Bolton. Ramsey, yes. He came from this show. Completely different character. Um, but they're rebooting it. And I was like, okay. That seems um, I'm all right with that. But it's also it's being rebooted. By the executive producers from iZombie. So I was like, yes. I'm, I'm now that makes me even happier. And then I sort of leveled off that it's at Freeform. Because I'm still not yeah. 100% on Freeform. <laughs> so. Well, it is called Freeform. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's. There was, a, there was a. Okay. In this article, the last paragraph, uh, Misfits was one of the one of a slate of original dramas put into development following the shift from the family-friendly ABC family programming to Freeform's focus on, in quotes, becomers, also known as 14 to 34-year-olds who are experiencing their first jobs and relationships. <laughs> That's a demographic? Becomers. Ugh. Boy. I kind of hate it, you guys. <laughs> I'm going to say it out loud as well. Kind of hate it too. Um, but it seems like Freeform is trying, so let them see what they can do. Let's see what they can do. 
they're the ones that have cloak and dagger, right? Yes. 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 Uh-huh. Godspeed. Yeah. Good luck to them. So, um, that is all I got, guys. Fantastic week. So, Chris. Hey. Got a spiel for me? I do have a spiel for Hold you. Hold on, let me look at it. Turn this page and go. You can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade, subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade, or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. You can find us all individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris, that's Geekade K-R-I-S. Karen is at... Shoot underscore the underscore moon... And Evan is at Geekade underscore Evan. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed here tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review, because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on Geekade.com, where we post something new all the time. Back to you, Evan. Thank you so much, Chris. All right, before we... I have Karen... I have you announced your your show. Um, there is a slight possibility that we will be taking a break next week. Uh, assuredly, Chris and Karen, you will not be on next week. Depending on how I feel, maybe I might be on. I'm not 100% sure yet. Um, so the, 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 the listening audience has two weeks to watch the show that you're going to pick, Karen. So is it is it like an extra long episode? Uh, it is not, but <laughs> if you watch next week's episode and you like it, you should be able to consume the entire rest of the show in that ah, time. Ah, nice. Okay, well done. All right, so so what what is our homework? Okay, so this pick goes out to Hunter Wilde, who uh, brought the brought to my attention the fact that this show is now on Netflix and uh, reminded me how great it is. I would like to watch an episode of Faulty Towers, <laughs> season one, episode six, entitled The Germans. Uh, okay. You guys familiar not- with the show at all? I, I am. am. haven't watched it in a long, like since high school, so I'm really excited to watch this again. I did not realize that was on uh, Netflix now. Good, good, good. All right. Homework, Faulty Towers, season one, episode six. Good. So that's all we got this for this week. Thank you for joining us. From all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. Night, bitch. Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.